Welcome to the Migraine Miracle Moment. I'm your host, Dr. Josh Turknet. I'm a neurologist, migraine specialist, migraine sufferer, and author of the book, The Migraine Miracle. In this podcast, you'll learn all about how to find your path to migraine freedom without pills. Let's get started. Howdy, folks. So welcome again to the Migraine Miracle Moment. What are the riskiest migraine drugs to take? That'll be the question we'll be answering in today's podcast. So this episode is a question of the week episode. And with this answer, I'll be addressing an issue that I know many, if not all of you, have dealt with at some point or another. If you've listened to this podcast or you're part of our online community, then you know how huge of an issue the abortive migraine drugs can play when it comes to making our migraines worse over the long term. And one of the most common questions we get are which drugs are the worst in this regard, or does a particular drug lead to rebound at all? This is also one of those issues where I've talked about before, there are some big misconceptions, and we, uh, in general, as medical providers, are much to blame for this. And so clearing those misconceptions and having a more accurate picture of the role that abortive medications should play, if any, will be a huge help, uh, and so it's something that I'll be covering in this episode as well. Also, some of the uh, information I'll cover here you might like to keep around as a reference, and so I've created a summary graphic of what I cover here, which you will find on the website uh, mymigrainemiracle.com. Com forward slash drug score. That's D R U G S C O R E. All right, so now it's time in the podcast where I'd like to share one of our recent success stories. We continue to get incredible feedback from people all over the world who are kind enough to share their experiences and their successes with the plan um, in various places, uh, including through our Facebook group, uh, inside our Beast Slayer Training Academy, and inside of our Migrant Everland uh, community. In many cases, people are sharing stories of transformations with their migraines that they'd come to believe were impossible, uh, thanks in part to what I'll be talking about in this episode. And today's success story comes from Lori D., who shared the following uh, message in our Facebook group recently. So Lori writes, One year ago today, I started my miracle journey. The first two weeks were horrible as I had one long, continuous detox migraine. I was so tempted to use my rescue meds, but I was so desperate for this to work. You see, I had three to five migraines every week for over 30 years. The medications no longer worked, and I wasn't sure how I was going to continue to function. Then I read about this program, and it has truly been a miracle. The migraines are completely gone and have been for the whole year. I continue to track my food, my sleep, and exercise to stay on top of this new way of living. It really works. My husband says I'm a new person, and our relationship is better than ever. And not only did I lose the pain, I also lost 30 pounds because I'm no longer eating to dull the pain. Thank you so much, Dr. T. I am a believer and tell everyone who will listen to me about you and your program. So again, what an incredible story, right? 30 years of near-daily migraines at what it sounds like was rock bottom. 
And it's important to note here that the first thing she did was to go after the abortive medications or the impact that they were having on her migraines. Um, And as she mentioned, the first two weeks were horrible. But now she's on the other side of it and has completely transformed her life. Uh, A year migraine-free after 30 years of near-daily headaches, um, not to mention 30 pounds of weight loss. I've said before that this also happens to be the most effective way to both lose and then maintain uh, ideal weight. And so that's a nice uh, byproduct of implementing the Migraine Miracle Plan. So thanks again, Lori, for sharing that amazing story and for helping to spread the word about it. So again, a very appropriate story for today's topic of discussion, uh, since uh, the drugs themselves are what so often turn migraine into a chronic, unrelenting problem for so many people, and which is, a, which is why a plan that doesn't just treat symptoms with drugs, but gets at the root causes of migraine is essential for reaching freedom and achieving the kind of transformation that Lori and so many others now have, have experienced. And you can find many more inspiring stories like her by going to the um, homepage of our website, MyMigraineMiracle.com. So as I mentioned, uh, today's episode is a question of, of the week. It was a question submitted by one of our Migraine Everland members, Helen, for a recent clinic chat. For those of you who don't know, the clinic chat is the weekly group coaching session that we hold inside of Migrant Everland, where our members submit questions in advance, and then we gather for a discussion around the topics that are suggested. It's one of my favorite things about the Migrant Everland community, as it allows us to dig deep into many topics that are highly relevant to the migraineur, and especially those um, migraineurs who are putting the Migraine Miracle Plan into action. All right, so as I mentioned, this question came from Helen, who wrote, In the UK, the National Migraine Clinic is currently recommending taking three soluble aspirin plus Coke to abort a migraine. While this is dreadful from a migraine miracle point of view, when it is essential to function for a given day, is this better or worse for long-term stability than taking a soluble Imigran tablet? And for those of you in the U.S., Imigran equals Imitrex or Sumatriptan. So... First, let me provide a little bit of background just to make sure everyone understands why Helen would be asking this question to begin with and so that you can understand my response to it as well. So as I've talked about at length, um, rebound or medication overuse headaches is an enormous problem. And even though countless research articles have been written on the issue, I still don't think that most doctors fully understand its significance or how much suffering it's caused. And that's because of some fundamental misconceptions about it that I'm going to talk about here. So a rebound headache or a medication overuse headache uh, refers to a headache where the medications that are taken to relieve a headache, uh, typically referred to as migraine abortive medications, cause the headache to come back or, quote, rebound in the future. So taking a drug for a migraine, while it may help in the short term, Uh, makes you more likely to experience another migraine down the road. That's the basic phenomenon here. So the more drugs you take, the worse this effect becomes until people often end up with a daily or near-daily headache that won't go away and that oftentimes are barely touched by the medications anymore. And once again, this is an extraordinarily common problem, uh, in part because of uh, some very misleading concepts about it. Now, it's no surprise that this kind of thing happens to begin with. 
Based on what we know of how the brain works, we would almost predict that this would happen with medication use um, because it reflects a fundamental principle uh, in the brain. So to put this in simple terms, um, the brain has its own chemicals that it makes for relieving pain. But if we ingest those same chemicals, um, the brain sees that it doesn't need to produce as many of them. Um, this is a smart thing to do because why waste energy on something that's now be being provided from elsewhere? But the problem is, once those chemicals that are being ingested are removed, the brain is no longer in balance. Now, because it's downregulated the production of its own chemicals, there aren't enough pain-relieving chemicals around. Um, some of you may be familiar with the uh, fighter firefighter analogy I've used previously to describe this uh, principle. Um, so I'm going to use a different one here. So imagine you're a child and you always walk around barefoot, you know, inside uh, and outside. And over time, you develop some nice calluses on the heels of your feet, which, of course, is an adaptation to walking barefoot to help protect your feet. So you can walk on outside on pavement and gravel, and you do so just fine. It doesn't bother you at all. Now, imagine you get a little bit older and you start wearing big, cushy shoes everywhere all the time, inside and out. So what's going to happen over time? those calluses are going to disappear, right? So eventually, you're going to have nice, soft, vulnerable skin on the bottoms of your feet. And so now, when you go walk outside on pavement or gravel, uh, your feet are sensitive and it hurts. So what happened by wearing the shoes all the time is that instead of using your own skin to protect your feet, you outsourced that job to the shoes. And by doing so, you lost your body's own defenses, which were the calluses. And so this is analogous to what happens in the brain with the use of abortive medications, only in this case the drugs are the big cushy shoes. Now, the problem here is that when doctors usually talk about rebound headaches, it's usually talked about like it's an all-or-nothing thing. And so that there are these th certain thresholds that people are given for staying out of rebound. So, for example, you may have seen guidelines saying to limit triptans or other drugs to two days a week or less to keep yourself out of rebound. And what this idea suggests is that you're either in rebound or you're not. So a migraineur hears this and thinks, okay, as long as I take less than that amount, there's no harm from these drugs. They're not causing any sort of long-term issue. But I think that's utterly and terribly wrong, and it's an idea that has caused a great deal of harm. So let's think back to our calluses on our foot again. This all-or-nothing idea about rebound that's kind of the prevailing concept would be like saying that if you wear shoes less than, say, 40 days in a row, it's going to have no impact on your calluses, and that if you do longer than 40, suddenly they'll disappear. Now, of course, that's absurd, right? You know that's not how things work. You know that every day that you wear shoes, your calluses are going to soften a little bit. It's a continuous, ongoing process, not an all-or-nothing thing. And this is exactly how it happens with the abortive drugs. It's not that they increase the risk of a future migraine or cause rebound at some magic threshold. It's that each dose increases your risk of a future migraine. And furthermore, what is traditionally diagnosed as rebound headaches is the very final stage of a process that's often been brewing and escalating for a very long time. And so the best strategy to deal with it is to never let it get close to that point in the first place. 
But of course, for that to happen requires fundamentally changing our approach to caring for migraines. Instead of using drugs, going after the root causes and using the drugs as a last rather than a first resort. And of course, this is an essential piece of the Migraine Miracle Plan. And so with this concept in mind, I'm going to get back to Helen's question and introduce you to what I'm going to refer to as the Future Migraine Risk Score, or FMR score for short, uh, for each drug. So any drug that we take to abort or try to relieve or lessen the intensity of a migraine is going to increase our risk of a future migraine by a certain amount and for a certain duration or length of time. And so what I'll do here is give a ranking, uh, as I see it, of the migraine drugs relative to each other according to their FMR score, their future migraine risk score. So a drug with a high score increases future migraine risk the most and for the longest period of time. And so now what I'll do is go through the different classes of drugs that people might take and provide an estimate of that score, which again is how much those drugs raise your future risk of a migraine. Now, we still don't have perfect knowledge in this area, so what I'll give you here is kind of a mix of what research has been done on the various medications, and some drugs have more research in this area than others, along with my own uh, personal and clinical experience uh, with all of these drugs over the past uh, decade or so. And here I'm going to use a 10-point scale. So uh, a drug that has a 10 has the highest future migraine risk score, and so we'll be ranking these in relation to each other. The Miracle Moment Podcast is brought to you by Migraine Neverland, our premier resource for people with migraines, which you can now try for free for 30 days. As a member, you'll have access to all of the member materials that we have created since we first launched Migraine Neverland back in 2014. So that includes the B-Slayer Training Academy, which is our foundational training for how to put the Migraine Miracle program into action. It includes primal provisions, with almost a year's worth of weekly meal plans and recipes. It includes the weekly clinic chat, which is a uh, Q&A session with me that takes place each week inside of our member Facebook group. It includes access to the entire archives of the chatter, which are the transcripts of all of those Q&A sessions, so almost 150 issues of those at the time of this recording. It includes access to the Migraine Evercast, which is a podcast that is exclusively for Migraine Everland members. It includes access to all of our 30-day challenges like the Keto Blast, the Jump Start, uh, Sleep Challenge, the Movement Challenge, Mindset Challenge, and more. It includes access to the aforementioned members-only Facebook group. And it also includes the newly created Roadmap to Migrant Everland, which guides you step-by-step on how to utilize all of these resources to progress through all five stages in the journey to Migrant Everland. So once again, you can now become a member and try it for 30 days for free. To learn more and to get started, uh, head over to mymigrainmiracle.com forward slash join. And I look forward to seeing you on the inside. At the very top of the heap, with a score of 10, meaning the the ones that will raise the future risk the most and for the longest period of time, would be the triptans uh, and the opioids. So triptans includes sumatriptan as well as six other uh, medications in that category. And again, uh, there's a summary of all these with the individual medications uh, on the website uh, if you go to mymigrainemiracle.com forward slash drug score. 
So again, at the top of the heap are the tryptans and the opioids. And even though uh, opioids uh, like uh, hydrocodone or oxycodone uh, and codeine um, shouldn't be prescribed at all for migraineurs for a lot of reasons, um, it's still happening quite a bit. So uh, that's my reason for including it. And then next in the rankings would be the ergot uh, category of drugs. So ergotamine and dihydroergotamine. And so if triptans and opioids are at the top of the 10, the ergots would be around an 8. However, I would imagine not too many of you uh, have used or are familiar with them because they are um, seldom prescribed or used anymore. Um, they were used a lot more before triptans hit the market. Um, and probably at about the same level uh, as the ergots uh, would be the combination analgesics. So these are drugs that combine more than one active ingredient. Um, it's usually aspirin or acetaminophen um, plus caffeine. And that particular combination uh, is sold uh, over the counter as things like Excedrin migraine. And then there are prescription versions that also add in uh, usually butalbital, uh, so a third drug in that combination. And that includes drugs like Furoset and Furanol. So those combination drugs uh, fall around an eight on our scale. Now, uh, in my experience as a neurologist, they may be the most common uh, cause of rebound because they're so readily available uh, and also because uh, they are not as effective at relieving a migraine uh, as a triptan. So what often happens is that folks end up taking multiple doses. And of course, since these uh, effects add up over time, that impact on your future migraine risk score continues to accumulate. So I've seen uh, Far more people than I can uh, count who have come in with daily headaches because of the um, combination analgesics over the years. And back to Helen, who asked our uh, original question uh, about taking an aspirin uh, plus a Coke, um, that's where that combination would fall in this ranking as well. Um, the point of the of drinking the Coke being to get the caffeine, which is the which is what's included in the combination uh, pills. Um, of course, this has the big added downside of adding in the sugar from the Coke, which, as she rightly describes, is horrible from a migraine uh, perspective. And then next on our uh, ranking would be the uh, non-combination over-the-counter analgesics. So the non-steroidal medications, which includes aspirin and ibuprofen and naproxen, as well as uh, Tylenol or acetaminophen. And these are probably around a four to a five in this uh, ranking system. And so far, the ones that I've talked about uh, are the ones that where we have the most data in terms of their risk of rebound. But there are other classes of drugs that are sometimes used for headache uh, or that have been linked to rebound that are also worth being mindful of and that we get questions about. So one category are the muscle relaxants, so things like Flexeril and Soma. And my educated guest would put these uh, probably somewhere between a three and a five. That being said, um, I never recommend or prescribe uh, this class of drugs. Um, they're referred to bizarrely as muscle relaxants, but they actually have no uh, impact on muscles and are generally pretty awful uh, drugs. 
And then the next category in our ranking would be uh, the decongestants. So uh, typically most decongestants on the market, uh, which are usually sold over the counter, typically have uh, phenylephrine or pseudoephedrine as their active ingredient. And I'd uh, put those around a 5 to a 7. Again, this is based mainly on clinical experience since, since these, aren't, uh, these haven't been studied a lot with respect to their rebound potential. Um, and then uh, also on the list would be the antihistamines with uh, diphenhydramine or Benadryl being probably the most common one that folks know about. And I'd probably put those somewhere around a 2 to a 4. Um, that being said, one other factor to remember here is that since the effect on future migraine risk will add up with multiple doses, especially ones that are taken fairly close together, how frequently uh, people take uh, a given category of drug also tends to factor into how commonly people run into trouble with rebound with a particular class of drugs. So things like the muscle relaxants and antihistamines, um, even if their ranking here is on the lower side, are often taken fairly chronically uh, or even daily, uh, many times for other things. And so because of that cumulative effect, may, may well be uh, common hidden uh, causes of rebound. Again, here that's partly speculation, but it's, it's something I've definitely seen uh, in the clinic. Okay, so that's the overview of the abortive drugs and how I conceive of their impact on our future migraine risk score. In her original question, um, Helen was asking about if, if she's in a situation where she feels like her best option or her only option is to take something, uh, even realizing that there could be a larger price to pay, to pay later on, what might be the best strategy? And again, as I've mentioned before, my primary shift in terms of thinking about abortive drugs, which has been so helpful, has been to see them not as the first resort for migraine, uh, which still remains the standard approach, but as a last resort, and precisely for the reasons that I've discussed. And so the reason for providing this kind of breakdown of the uh, future migraine risk score is in part to help convey the idea that every single dose uh, matters um, and also to help people make an informed decision if they're in a last resort kind of situation. We've certainly seen over and over again that those who go all in on the plan and also ditch the drugs entirely usually have the most rapid and marked improvements, but that approach may not be practical, practical for everyone. And so while the underlying principles uh, of reaching migraine freedom will be the same in each case, uh, that is building the three pillars of protection, the specifics of how each person gets there are going to be different. As we each have our own circumstances and considerations uh, that are unique to our lives that we have to consider, and we also each have our own uh, unique personalities that play a role here. Ultimately, we have to do what we need to do to get through the day, and there are times where you may have to lose a battle to win the war. What's most important to me is that you have accurate information so that you can make a truly informed decision. All right, so that wraps up this episode. Once again, thank you so much for listening. If you enjoy this podcast, um, consider sharing it with someone else who you think it could benefit uh, or leaving a rating in iTunes. Um, it really does make a difference. And remember that we'll be hosting our first ever Breaking Rebound Challenge for Migrant Everland members in uh, January of 2019. And to learn more about Migrant Everland, just go to our website, mymigrantmiracle.com and click on the uh, resources tab at the top. 
Okay, I'll see you in the next episode. Now it's time to go out and slay the beast. Mm-hmm.